This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Now. Yeah. What do you reckon now? You don't have to ask me twice. Okay, now, yeah, come on. In we go. All right, we're in. In we're we in. go. Time for the band to go. Thank you, folks. Yes. In go, book a tea, out you go. And the Who else is in that band? There's Donald Duck Dunn. Donald Duck Dunn. There's the other one. The other one. Who can forget? <laughs> hey, what musicians? Yes. Hello, Cameron. Uh, Matthew Stedman. It is a joy to see you because uh, this is another edition of Eat It mm. here on 3 FM. Wow, those scientists, those doctors. As always. Those fisher folk. Yes, good to listen to. And then Tim, Tim Thorpe, Thorpe in, the, in the morning. Oh, boom, snap. Yes. Um, what a great morning of radio it's been. And we hope that we, we can continue. Against, against all odds, we hope to continue <laughs> it against previous history. Yes, indeed we do. And um, and much to look forward to in the afternoon of uh, broadcasting on this fine, fine, fine radio station. Yes. This is the Eat It Show. And uh, what we do is we uh, we talk about food, food issues. Um, we sometimes have a drink because we have mm. a propensity to enjoy said fermented things. Won't be doing that today, but we'll be talking about it. Yeah, some, mm. and uh, in the past we've been talking about it uh, for the goodness that it brings to our brains yes. and also recently the goodness that it brings to our gut. Right, yes. Yeah. 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 So we've evolved. Yeah. We've evolved, haven't we? Some of us have. Yeah, some of us have. Some we, of us not so much. Um, it's, oh, it's autumn. It is, it is autumn Is it, out though, there. because... It's been unseasonably warm, hasn't it? So It's been unseasonably warm, and uh, what we would call this if we were in the Northern Hemisphere mm. is an Indian summer. Right. A, uh, a burst of warm weather at, yes. the, uh, at the end of the summer months. Mid-30s yesterday in Melbourne town. and uh, It was hot. It was hot, Let's wasn't face it? it. It was, it was a hot mid-30s. Everyone seems to... And it was a northerly wind doing that. Everyone seems to have scrammed for the long weekend. So we were in the city yesterday and it was quite empty. Mm. And even just popping across the road this morning to go to our favourite little cafe over the road, Milkwood. You we, mean the croissantless Milkwood? It was croissantless Sorry, this morning. Sorry, I didn't mean to if that could come out. So Normally it's bursting at the seams, but um, I think everyone's um, run away for the long weekend. So if, you, if, if like mm. us, you're still here in Melbourne town, enjoy the extra elbow room while you can. Hmm. Hmm. Tell you what I did do, um, uh, what's today? Today is Sunday, of Sunday. course. Yes, yeah, so therefore Friday night, mm-hmm. um, I went and had a little preview of Sarasan, Joseph Abud's new mm-hmm. place in Rose's, Rose's Canteen. Rose's Canteen, used to be. Yes. It's pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's you funny saying- you didn't have tables. <laughs> he oh. said, come on in. Look, you know, come and have a look. Check it out. Um, and Is he going to get tables between now Eventually, and I hope Good. so, because everyone's going to look pretty funny sitting cross-legged on the floor. <laughs> we've we've waited shooting over people. Um, but the food's pretty extraordinary. You were saying there's quite a nice little precinct developing around there. Yeah, isn't there? And what we see is sort of the, the stepping up of um, some... Uh, ethnic uh, ethnic restaurants. God, that sounds clumsy. Mm. Um, can you say that better? Can you put uh, that into the? I guess non 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 Anglo non skippy. That's all I can. Non skip. Yeah, it, it, like non skip. So what we have, we have a naan, which is interesting. Jerry Myers, yes, um, place um, up in what used to be Coonies. Haven't been there yet, but I do awesome. want to go. Yeah, awesome, 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 awesome. My God, there's so much stuff that's cooked on wood mm. um, and sarsaparilla. Dumplings, what? beef sarsaparilla dumplings, mm. which is incri- crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, there's some beautiful fish dishes. Anyway, it's it's very very good. Um, oh, Danny Valance in the in the green room. I hope yes. she doesn't hear me. Um, uh, David Thompson's up marketplace. Yes, uh, up around there, mm-hmm. which did lamb song uh, something. Uh, God, <laughs> I can't uh, remember the name of it. Oh well, I haven't been in. Google I, it. I haven't been in. Yeah, yeah. Google it, people. Google um, it. That, that's great. And Sarasan, which is. Uh, uh, and I think which is, uh, well, uh, bringing up Lebanese food mm. to a, a better thing. I mean, it was lots and lots of fun. So mm. look out for that one opening. That's going to be um, a good place to go and visit. Uh, what have I got? We we had corn dog on last week. 
Well, we had Max Allen on. Oh, we did have Max Allen. No, we had Corndog because he got in trouble with JVG. <laughs> that's true. Uh, with the sub-editor, but that's um, <laughs> that's history, so maybe we won't revisit that. Mm. But um, they were talking about doing their food quiz, which is going to be happening at Encore, uh, which will be Monday week. Monday week? Yeah, right. which is, um, I haven't got the date here. I think it'll be the 19th, if my arithmetic is correct. But uh, Encore, it's about doing a fun, fancy food and wine quiz. And mm. um, Max and uh, and Richard acknowledge the fact that we live in the land of Google. Yes. People can instantly look up things surreptitiously under tables and things like that. Yes. But they shake their fingers and they go, uh-uh. What are, uh-uh. gonna, what are they going to do about it? They go all Beyonce. Do you have to check your phone at the door, or do you just have to cover it in um, glad, like cling, like uh, foil or something, so it doesn't work? No, they're smarter than that. They've they've, really? they've stepped across that, and what they've done is they're saying we're asking people to to use their tongues, their noses, and a lifetime of eating and drinking to answer twenty questions and hopefully win the inaugural Golden Tongue Award. I saw the Golden Tongue on the socials this week. It's a Oh God! It is, <laughs> it is a. Uh, it is as you look, think. It's, it's a prize worth fighting for. Let's put it that way. Oh, that's nicely put. Mm. Um, so yes, yeah, so the idea is that people come in, you get bubbles and canapes, and then there's a four round quiz. And I think Jess Ho's going to be there. She's one of the mm. people who's going to be um, using her great writing um, uh, experience. Mm. Uh, Jess Ho, for those who don't know, is probably one of the ones who was instrumental or part of the success of Chin Chin because mm. she's a dynamo and she sort of created that social media presence, which yes. is so important these days. It is. And with her powers of words, using only the powers of words, she will describe something to, I think it's Max, and then Max has to interpret it. Yeah, right. Anyway, it's good. Look at It'll be fun because... Uh, and you're going to be there. Yeah, I'm doing... I'm sort of the... Um, you're the Gavin Wood. Thank you. I'll be going hand to the ear and going, that's right. <laughs> um, there'll be a lot of that because I'm actually being encouraged to do that. Usually people right. tell me not to do that. Yes, I, every week I have to tell you not you to do, do that. You do. You do. Cam, put the hand off the ear. <laughs> and um, But yeah, I'm going to be um, encouraged and I'm practicing to name that sausage. Um, how's that? Sounds great. Yeah, okay. Uh, today's show... <laughs> Um, we're going to work backwards. We're going to work backwards because uh, we're going to go into the field. We're going to be mm. by the fermenter. We are talking, of course, to Duncan Buchanan, who uh, is our go-to wine guy of yes. uh, Plonk. Plonker. Yes. And we haven't really checked in with Vintage much this year, so it'll be interesting to see how it looks 2018 style. Weather's having an effect. I'll bet. Lack of rain. Has been very dry. Has been dry. Keeping dry, mate. Mm. They're saying that at the sheepyards. Right. Mate, keep it dry, as they say. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's had an effect, but maybe what that's going to do, this mm. dryness is going to really, really concentrate the fruit. We could be in for a good vintage. I mm. Maybe the – okay, here's my prediction. I'm saying – Quantity down, quality up. Yes. That's what, that, I'm, I'm, I'm nailing that to the mast. Let's see if you're right. Danny Vallant is going to go all Buddhist on us while talking <laughs> about a Jewish holiday. Right. Yes, there's restrictions that are put on certain people and, uh, like a rock mm. in a stream, mm. like the water going around the rock. You have to be able to, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Matt's giving me that look. <laughs> um, you have to be able to, um, to deal with these restrictions and, um. You're talking, of course, of, uh, Passover. Passover. Mm. Snap. Um, that's, um, that's going to be happening. So Danny's going to come on. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. What is Passover and what, what sort of restrictions are there? I'm just mm-hmm. kind of interested in that. And also I asked if she could do the Julie Andrews mm-hmm. and talk about Julie Andrews of Autumn. These are a few of my favourite things. Yeah. 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 Quinces, maybe chestnuts. Yes, on an open fire. Yes, end of daylight savings coming up. A couple of weeks. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be talking about that, and um, and of course, uh, the next thing that we are going to be talking. The mm. first cab off the rank is about well, it's about a substance, and of course, that substance, it's sugar. <laughs> Oh, man. Was What's this a good this? idea? Yeah, that's right. It's sugar. It's a ubiquitous thing. It's sometimes honey and sometimes raw. Are you the first person to rap over the Archies? I might be. 
Sugar, sugar, it's a matter of fan thing. Sugar, sugar. You can buy some bling. No, I should stop now. I think we've had enough this of the This could be worse than Ted Cruz. <laughs> yes. We're both blushing. You are blushing. Let the record Am show. Am I blushing? Let the record show that was your idea. You are going to say what the under protest here is, sure. the Archies. Yes. Um, all right. Here's the um, <clears throat> the serious um, part of it. I'm caught in the uh, ABC website the other day. Uh, <laughs> Dra- trapped in its web. <laughs> you said you were caught in the ABC website. You yeah, were, I was. You were in there. <laughs> Wish I could get out of here, and I couldn't. I was I was stuck. But then I found something, mm. a story that was sweet and yet bittersweet mm-hmm. in its ramifications for society. Right. Yeah, that's right. I said as I throw down my pen and mm. chew. Chew. Um, it was uh, an article in The Conversation and then reprinted in ABC News by Tien Tan. Mm-hmm. In the green room, still there he is, looking across. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's alert, which yes. is which is a good thing. Having a chat to Danny, and he uh, wrote an article about um, white, brown, raw sugar. What type of sugar is the best? So it's always good on mm. this uh, when we can fit it in this hour to demystify things. Yes, and maybe just have a little chat about this simple molecule. I've gone a long way in my life not knowing the difference really between raw and processed sugar. They're both, you know, you go to the kitchen at work, they're both sitting there as an option. Side by side. I don't know. Which one do I pick? One seems a little bit more, has a bit of a halo around it. Does it? Even though it might be a dirtier product and might contain mm. bug bits and stuff. Oh, I've got mm. to stop doing that. <laughs> Sorry. Drumming your fingers on the Drumming table. our fingers for a dramatic thing. 12.13 here on 3 Triple R. Look, we're cutting into it. We should get on with it. We're glad you've joined us. Hope your Sunday's going well. And we will be back with Yen Tan after this. Now, if anything's a harbinger of autumn, it's uh, Cam Russell's Mushroom Tours, mm. used and recommended by... By us. us. <laughs> there you go. That worked. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. We should do that again. Sure. Um, it gives me great pleasure to uh, to welcome to the microphones here in beautiful downtown East Brunswick, Tian uh, Tan. Good now, afternoon. And now we just call you, you said it's okay after we do that. That's the formal thing out the way. And now we can just call you Yen. Yen, very, very good afternoon to you. Um, I was reading, as actually as I said before, I was caught in the web of uh, the ABC and I, was, uh, I saw an interesting article that piqued my interest originally in the conversation. And, um, of course, Yen, you represent, um, you're at uh, Deakin, University, uh, and I've been asked to sort of mention this because they said, well, I'll give this a run. The Institute for Physical Activity and Nutrition, IPAN. How long have you been a member of that or been part of that? I am actually quite new to um, Deakin University and also to the IPAN, the Institute of Physical Activity and Nutrition. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. I like it. So I started about three months ago. So oh, you are? You are new. Yeah, very, very new. You're the newbie. Yes, I am. And um, it was – well, you've, you've obviously made a bit, little bit of an impact because uh, one of the things that you've written has already appeared in the ABC. When did you write this article for – so that was written about um, a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. Although I'm quite new to digging, my research has been um, focusing on all the macronutrients, carbohydrate, especially is um, one area that I'm, I'm really interested in. Yes, um, especially how it relates to health. Yes. Yep. So cause and effects of 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 these things, and you. So for this one, we're looking at something which. Really is a carbohydrate, is it not? At its at its very foundation. Yeah. So, um, what is sugar? Yeah, maybe we'll start off with that as a definition. Yeah. So, sugar from a nutrition point of view, mm. it refers to the simplest form of carbohydrate. Yes. So, um, when we talk about that, we refer to um, three simplest form. One is glucose. One is fructose. And the last one is galactose. That is probably something that um, we don't hear a lot about. I always like the name galactose. Yeah, it galactose. A little bit like a superhero. It does. Yeah, yeah. It should have a cape. So, um, can we work backwards? First of all, where do we get to, uh, where do we get galactose from? So, galactose by itself, it doesn't occur very often. Yeah. But um, it, together with glucose, it forms what we call lactose. So, you probably heard about lactose before. It's the milk sugar. Yes. So, um, in nutrition, sugar doesn't always taste sweet. But in the food system or from, from a consumer's 
point of view, mm. um, sugar of always refer to things that are sweet, but they're but in varying degrees. So um, where so galactose, as you said, that uh, that's a part of uh, lactose usually, and and do we see it as a, a molecule just by itself anywhere? Yeah, it is a molecule by itself. Mm. So um, that's galactose, but when it combines with your glucose, then it becomes a, a two-unit carbohydrate we call lactose. Yeah, yeah. But I, my question was, do we ever see um, galactose just by itself, just, you know, hanging around? Very rarely, yeah. yeah. Okay. No. It's the poor old lonely molecule. So um, we've got galactose, um, and then fructose is always that sort of easy That's the clue is in the name. That is derived from? Your fruit. Yeah, fruit. Yeah, so that we, we often call it the fruit sugar. Yes, so things like, you know, uh, roll. What's an example of, of fructose? So fructose can be found in any sweet-tasting fruit. Yes. So it's the simplest form of carbohydrate, so and it's usually the sweetest uh, form of sugar. It is the sweetest. So as it we is. perceive it, it is, and uh, we would see that uh, um, it's a very ancient form of being able to get sugar too because I think of maybe the Middle East and things like dates. Exactly. Yeah. That was an early way that um, uh, humanity was able to find a sweet thing rather than just chasing around stinging bees, yeah? Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So fruit is the um, probably the earliest uh, form of sugar that we consume as human, uh, you know, in, in our civilization. Mm-hmm. And dates is definitely, it, it's, in fact, it's still popular today. We still have date sugars available. Yes, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, especially Muslims during Ramadan, that's the thing that keeps them going. They have, you know, the breakfast of the dates in the morning before, you know, before sun comes up to, because that's a pretty tough gig, not eating all day. Yeah, exactly. During the fasting month, especially, so coming from Malaysia, Mm. uh, a Muslim country, during the fasting month, date is usually the first thing that people consume when they break fast. Yes. So that's the, the, the simplest and the quickest form of energy to consume when it's in a fruit form. Okay, and let's talk about the, the, the last one, of course, which is glucose. Um, which, and where does that stand on the sweetness scale? Well, it's not as sweet as fructose, slightly lower, but it's mm. definitely sweeter than galactose. So galactose, in the purest form, it doesn't taste sweet at all. Yes. Even though it's called sugar, but yeah. it's not sweet at all. Really? Yeah. See, that's something we wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah. have, wouldn't have thought of. But glucose is also the, the form that is in your blood as well. When we say blood sugar, that's actually that's, the glucose form that is in You're looking at the glucose levels within the body, yeah? That's correct. Yeah, which is... So the, the thing is, okay, let's... Um, from a historical point of view, we originally were, as we said, we were sort of... The first sort of sweet hit that humanity got was by a homo sapien bumping into um, a beehive and being able to, you know, scoop up something which would have been extraordinary for them if you think about, you know, the diet that was around. So honey was the, the first, yeah? Yeah, honey, fruits, they are the, um, the natural source mm. from, uh, you know, in, in the diet, put it that way. And then we discovered that if we um, grew two different things, one was sugarcane, which is this giant grass, um, we could squeeze that cane and we would have this rich, sugary... Should, should I say that? What does sugar cane contain when it is squeezed out? So when you extract the, um, the, the juice... Of the cane. Of a cane, you basically get your sugar. Yes. And that goes through the uh, refining process. And depending on the degree of refining, that's what we get in uh, what we have today as white sugar, raw sugar, and brown sugar, for example. Which which I'd love to get to and just to talk about all the myriad amounts of sweetness that we have available to us. But that is a geographic thing because sugarcane needs a very, very high temperatures. It's a tropical crop. It won't work north of the Mediterranean. Some it was grown around the Mediterranean, was it not? Yeah, um, that... They had mainly, mainly in the um, tropical area. Yep. But what we have today in terms of white sugar, majority of them are actually from sugar cane rather than beet. So we have a combination, but and majority. You, this is the thing you, you mentioned. So there is another way to get um, white death or, <laughs> or granulated sugar. Thanks, Matt, for that laugh. Um, but to the, to the north, the only way that they were able to do that was by a sugar beet. What on earth is a sugar beet? Well, that, that is actually not my, um, uh, I, I've got 
no knowledge in that area. Right. But my uh, my understanding is that beet provides you with um, sugar as well. Yes. But then they often often have this um, taste to it. Can't you can't you, the molasses that you get from beet sugar is pretty much inedible. Yeah, that's yeah, inedible. That's, that, that's, that's the difference. My understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've heard that too. But basically, we've got the beet family. It's I'm thinking it's like a beetroot, so it's a, a tuber that grows under the ground that you then harvest as a very, and you squeeze it, actually macerate it, you rip it to pieces, and then you're able to extract that. Sugarcane, grown here in far north Queensland, around Caribbean, all those sort of tropical areas, is the main uh, provider of sugar for, for this neck of the woods, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And so well, tell us about... What sort of the variants of sugars? Because there is there is a kaleidoscope of of sugars that we can get. Yeah, that that's so true. When you go to the supermarket, for example, when you look at the shelf, you can see different types of sugar. In the purest form, you have your white sugar, mm-hmm. and you have your raw sugar, you have your brown sugar as well. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the the common ones that we see. And caster sugar. And caster sugar. The, f- the fine cousin to white sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, of course, we have other types like your syrups, your nectar, like your honey, and also your fruit sugar, like um, date sugar that we were talking about just now. So, yeah, you have a myriad of choices available to you. And not only as um, to buy them individually, but also they are added to the food products as well. All right, here's the elephant in the room that I've got to uh, to uncover There has been a view that has been developed for, oh, God, I don't know, uh, maybe the last 30 years or so, that says that if you do have, like, an office kitchen or the home kitchen, you have two different types of sugars that you usually see. One is the white, which a lot of people look at, and I used the term before, the white death. The white death over there you can use, or you could use... The sugar that is has a slight halo effect about it, which is sort of infers that it's a healthy sugar. It's a better sugar for you. Is that true or is that bullshit? Well, I, it, it really depends on how you look at it. So yes. um, in terms of um, white sugar, it is in the purest form with all the... Um, substances uh it's a pure substance it's it pure is, sucrose it is a pure sucrose yeah. so um table sugar is in fact sucrose as you pointed out yes and it is it consists of one suc- uh, glucose and one fructose um combination yes so that's the purest form and of course you have your raw sugar which is very similar to white sugar except that it is less processed it's less pure it is we less could pure say. in a way. Yep. So what is the so when we say it is not as pure, what does it contain that makes it less pure? Yeah, so so if you look at the raw sugar, the first thing that you will notice is the color is slightly um beige in color yes. compared to the white sugar. So what it contains is beige basically sugar. I don't know if the marketing uh, department yeah. would like that. No, would no, they? no. It's just, it just refers <laughs> no, I, I like that. No, yeah, that it just, just refers to the yes, color. It is beige. Yeah. Beige sugar. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um but basically what you have in raw sugar is a, a small amount of colorant, so something that gives it the color. So is that the molasses? Uh, it is sort of a molasses. Molasses is a concentrated form of all these um, substances. Impurities. That okay. Impurities, yeah. you yeah. can call it. So this colorant in the raw sugar or in the brown sugar, mm. they are phenolic compounds, what we call phenolic compounds. And phenolic compounds are things that occur naturally in, sugar, uh, in plants. And uh, when it's consumed, it gives us the antioxidant um, property in the body. So that's why it's perceived to be healthier than the white sugar. Is there enough uh, of these phenolic compounds to have an impact on health? Well, not really. Um, So when you look at the white sugar, it it is relatively better. But when you look at it uh, in comparison to other fruits that are high in antioxidants, for example, blueberry. So I'll give you a, a comparison. Okay. So if you have a, a cup of, uh, if, if you have molasses or your uh, date sugar, for example, highest in the phenolic compound or antioxidant capacity, mm. you have to consume about five, 500 gram or half a kilo of that to get the amount of antioxidants you get from a cup of blueberry. 
Wow. Okay. So half a kilo versus like 140 gram of blueberries. So we are talking about a very small or minute difference in terms of antioxidants in the brown sugar or in the uh, raw sugar. So you're better off getting the blueberries. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's, definitely. That's, that's an easy tip, isn't it? Matt's writing that down. Better off getting the blueberries. Yes. Yeah, and also, you know, it, we, we have to be very careful when we tell people that, you know, uh, raw sugar or brown sugar or molasses, they are higher in antioxidants because we tend to have this perception that when it's healthy, we should eat more. Yeah. So the total amount is actually the, the, the main thing that we should be paying attention to. Not it doesn't mean that when it's healthier we have to we, we can eat a ton of it. Mm. And and maybe this is sort of at the beginning of the interview I said, you know, what's the main message you wanted to say? And the and the, the main message is the fact it's about the quantity and the quantity of sugar that's being consumed in the Western world is the problem. It's not so matter which sugar you get, it's the fact that we are using too much Absolutely. Sugar. I, I think the, the discussion about the different types of sugar we mm-hmm. need to consume has to be discussed within the total amount. So when we look at the Australian Health Survey, mm-hmm. we... Fifty percent of Australians are over consuming sugar. The 50%. recommended, yeah, well, recommended amount of uh, sugar. What's the recommended amount? So, if we look at average um, male and females, the daily amount allowed is a, about forty to sixty gram of uh, added sugar. How many teaspoons is that? Oh. Yeah, so we have to divide by five, oh, so about right. 12. Not bad. That's quick. Yeah. Good. 12. Yeah. About 12 for men. And, and But the problem is that you may be knowing what, how many uh, spoonfuls of sugar you're going to be putting into a cup of tea, but there is so Absolutely. much that is hidden in the, the hidden calorie content of so many different things. Absolutely. So that, that recommendation is not... Uh, within uh, no, doesn't count the natural sources, so you still have your fruits and your uh, dairy products. So those sugars are okay. Oh, so that's okay. That's, cool. that, that's separate from that. So, but, the, you, the, but we eat a muffin. Like we had a delicious, a delicious muffin from uh, across the road. <laughs> it had blueberries and in it. It had, it had blueberries in it. So <laughs> there that's, you go. <laughs> but that would have contained quite a bit of sugar in it. And absolutely, yeah. yeah. So say that again. So twelve. Teaspoons? Yeah, 8 to 12 teaspoons per day. Mm. That's the recommended amount. Okay, and so uh, the fact is, uh, what we've got is, I'm just reiterating, Matt, but he's giving us the wind-up signal, I don't know if you noticed that. But so to just reiterate, the fact is that um, brown sugar, raw sugar, all those sort of things that have a higher molasses phenolic content, thank you very, very much for that, um, might be a little bit better for you with the antioxidants, but for God's sake, don't do that with your RDI of antioxidants. That's correct. Can we say that? Yeah. Um, what are you going to be writing about next? Um, I'm currently looking at, the, uh, I'm conducting studies trying to understand how sugar can affect health. Yeah. So that's from different perspective, uh, particularly I'm interested in how tastes, uh, a sweet taste can actually change your metabolism in the body. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm really interested in now. So not just from the point of view of how it affects your food intake, but how it actually helps your body determine what source of energy you should use in the body. Okay. Um, look, it's been wonderful to, to have you on. Thank you very, very much for, for joining us, Yen. Thank uh, you. Do you know much about the, the whole fact of uh, geographically why the Americans went sort of down the corn syrup route? Oh, it's just the the um, the sugar that they use in the system. But it's also very important to notice that you know when they say high fructose corn syrup, yeah. it is actually not that much different from sucrose because high fructose corn syrup is fifty five percent fructose and forty five percent glucose. Right. Whereas sucrose, as mentioned earlier, is fifty percent fructose and fifty percent glucose. So in terms of the composition, they are not really that different. Mm. It's just how they use it in the food system. We're back to the Rosemary Stanton, aren't we? Mm. It's all about Rosemary Stanton, nutritionist, who we spoke about. Yeah, I heard her um, it's, interview. It's all about moderation. So it is twelve teaspoons. Eight to twelve. Don't go. Oh, eight to twelve. Eight to okay, twelve. Don't go over that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt. You look like you want to do a live read. We have a giveaway, Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to talk about the Yarra Valley Regional Food Group Farmers Market. That is. Say on that again. That's catchy. Thank you. The Yarra Valley, I didn't come up with it. The Yarra Valley Regional Food Group Farmers Market. That's been on the third Sunday of each month for the last 20 years. There 20 at, years. There at uh, Yarra Valley. Um, it's on this weekend at Yering Station. 
But to good, uh, good place. it is a good place to celebrate their twentieth year. They're actually giving away a couple of produce hampers for Triple R subscribers, including uh, stuff such as Loganbury jam from Cookerberry, nice, some extra virgin olive oil from Hardings, right. and a little bit of a wine sampler from Little Yering. Mm-hmm. Just to celebrate. So if you want to go and check it out next week, uh, as we say, it's at um, Yearing Station in Yarra Valley on Sunday. Yes. Or give us a ring now, 93881027. We've got a couple to give away. Maybe we should just ask, uh, tell us a type of sugar. <laughs> tell, I know, it's wow. pretty, pretty difficult. Hey, pretty hard. Good luck with that. Oh, yeah. full board, of course. No, there's still two lines uh, free, mm. 93881027. Of course, you must be a subscriber because otherwise Matt will. I'll hunt you down and kill you. Indeed. Some music. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Here come the Breeders. Yeah. New album. This is a single. Gonna rock you out. Yes, they are indeed, mm. and we're very, very happy to have them on board. Who won the prize? Oh, congratulations to a piece of paper. Uh, John and Carol, who picked up a hamper from the Yarra Valley Regional Food Group Farmers Market. I wonder if they're going to be able to go for a picnic. You could, could be. You could take her. What, what do you think? Danny Valland, very good afternoon to you. Good day for a picnic. Oh, it's so nice. How good's the weather, guys? Better than yesterday. <laughs> Picnic, not much fun yesterday. Too sweaty yesterday. It was too sweaty. It was rare. And, and this is an interesting time of year that um, that is upon us. And we look at a lot of things that are, are sort of going on. We've got the Food and Wine Festival that's happening. Mushroom tours are happening with Cam Russell. That's sort of a mm. bit harbinger of autumn. But... Uh, is this very significant religious events that are happening and um, we're here to talk a little bit about Passover. Yeah, I thought it could be a nice thing to touch on. I'm actually cooking, uh, it's not, Passover's not till the end of the month, so it starts at, so at the end of March. I'm getting ready. Getting ready. <laughs> and actually a lot of Jews, so I am Jewish, but I'm yeah. not a very good Jew. Yeah. And there's quite a few the bad not Jew so good Jews Danny around. Holland. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's perhaps for another session. Anyway, but, that's... Um, a lot of the good Jews are busy even now clearing their houses of hummets, which is forbidden foods that cannot be eaten during Passover. What are the forbidden so foods? The forbidden foods, it's related to leavened grains. So oh. the easiest way to think about it is you don't eat any proper bread. Yeah, you make, have to eat yeast-derived things. That's right. You can. There's, you know, ceremonial wines, okay. So it's... Bicarb, got to throw that. Baking powder? No, baking powder is actually okay um, because it's a chemical, not a biological reaction, <sighs> I believe. Really gotta, yeah, so yeah. for a bad Jew, I'm not too bad. That's not but, bad. Um, that was the curly the, question. The key thing is no bread, have your mutts off. But if you're a very good Jew, you'll be scrubbed your kitchen, you'll be clearing your whole house out of any of these forbidden foods. What's matzo? Oh, what's matzo? So where I where I live down in Balaclava in the Bagel Belt, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So we, it's been in the supermarkets in the for ghetto. weeks. Yeah. So it's an unleavened cracker. Yes. So this, this, the background to Passover, it's an Old Testament uh, story. Uh, the Jews were exiled from Egypt. They were released from slavery. They had to get Chased out of out. Egypt. Moses is saying, come with me. And they're going, yeah, we'll follow you for a little. How long is this going to take? And they'll go, oh, it's going to take a while. Yes, but they had to get out of there quick, smart. Yeah. They did not have time for their bread to rise. Oh, that was why. That's why. Okay. So, uh, so you don't eat leavened bread during the eight-day festival of Passover mm. um, in commemoration of this, and this, is this when, great story. Uh, Moses did this amazing thing. Yeah, Red he, Sea. I say to thee. Yeah. Part we will walk. That's well, why they said no. You can't take the bread with it. This isn't going to hold for that long. Um, I'm here anyway. Now let's I'm summarizing. Yeah, All right. uh, extrapolating, summarizing, turning it to writing a new Bible, whatever. Like <laughs> you can. Do. But um, the Testament according to Cam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, move on. Moving on. Um, but it's fun. Like, I suppose, you know, the reason I wanted to mention it, partly because I'm doing a cooking demo next Sunday at a great festival called In One Voice at the Nosh Tent. It's a Jewish street festival. Nosh Tent. Yes, I'm I in like the Nosh that. Tent doing my spin Not on the matzo balls. Bit. Well, we're going to try to turn it into that. So yeah. um, it's in Elston Week. Look up In One Voice on the interwebs and you'll find it. Matt's writing it down. It shall be on the website. Oh, cool. Um but I suppose what it got me thinking about was food rules, mm. the reasons for them, and, you know, the good things about them and the bad things about them. Yes, and the way that sometimes we can sort of roll around them to make your your own sort of things without breaking those rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's, I know. A, it's sort of the – and it, what it sort of points to is the adaptability of us as a species. Yeah, definitely. And I think the adaptability of us as a species is a very good reason why we should be – 
in general, you know, mm. religious reasons and I suppose um, particular, bio, you know, health conditions that some people may have. Yes. Uh, notwithstanding, uh, we should generally eat a lot of different foods and enjoy them and not box ourselves in with too many food rules. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. No, yeah. wrong thing. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I do think that, you know, we do find a lot of people these days uh, who are, I guess, isolating themselves into certain food categories. And I just want to, I don't know, just... I just love a little bit more relaxation. And as someone who loves to, I guess, celebrate life through food and to interact with lots of different cultures, it's interesting to, to, I suppose, dip into some of these things like Passover where you restrict a certain food group for a certain time Mm. and connect to a great story. But in general, I just love opening myself up to new experiences through food and the opportunities for learning and connection that come through that. I love the way way you describe yourself, Danny. You you said, look, I'm not really – I'm an eater. I am an yes. eater. I enjoy food. And and we had a, a really significant chat with Rosemary Stanton a couple of weeks ago and we brought up this new word that I don't think Matt and I had heard before, no. orthorexia. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I didn't actually hear that chat, but I, I love um, Rosemary's very sensible and um, I guess everything in moderation approach to food. And here's an example of that that we were talking about. You know, some people are saying, well, we're just going to eliminate carbohydrates because carbohydrates are evil. I know. And must die. It's really tragic. Of course, mm. there are, I mean, you know, carbohydrates, of course, includes bread. Mm. And as a bread lover and a bread enjoyer, I find that really sad. Of course, there but are so people potatoes. who. Yeah, I know. Hello. You want potatoes. Yeah. Of course, there are people who, for, you know, if they're a celiac, of course, they need to avoid gluten and you need to be, you know, that's totally enough, reasonable. Because the discomfort, but, you're going to, you yeah, want to avoid that. Understandable. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your body um, creating some rules for you and you need to follow them. Mm. But I think uh, people who then, I guess, you know, right on the coast, tales of that and decide that they're going to let let go of these really significant food groups i find that a building blocks of our nutrition danny exactly yeah and i I just i don't know i just find it a little bit uncomfortable if people are gonna um isolate themselves for no good scientific reasons Mm. uh into and put themselves in little categories that don't allow them to sit around the table and enjoy back to rosemary stand a little bit of everything makes for a good diet yeah, well, I'm... T- Moderation and all things. Yeah, I'm definitely about that. And I did want to just mention a book that I've been, like, holding on to, like a talisman recently, Cam. <laughs> yeah, you, um, and you waved it at me and I went, oh, that looks good. I haven't it's seen that. Called, it's called The Angry Chef. Good good title. Bad Science and the Truth About Healthy Eating. Oh, yeah. And it's by um, an English guy called Anthony Warner who's got a background in microbiology. He's also a chef. And he's dismant- he dismantles a lot of um, myths around food and, you know, so-called healthy eating he's not a fan of the term clean eating and nor am i brilliant i like him already i think clean when we think about clean eating then we're saying that some sort of eating is dirty it's dirty eating and dirty eating again it's, are you doing that dirty eating again yeah master cameron so um i think he's definitely about the all things in moderation and you know it dismantles some myths about Foods that are sometimes considered bad and dirty. And I want to read this. And one of the things I'm noticing, I've just grabbed the book um, off the thing. Maybe Matt might even take a, a picture of the cover. Can you do that? Yes, his thumbs yeah. up. Got you good. Um, one thing that sort of surprised me that Prue Leith is still around, but she writes a little testimonial. May I read that, Danny? Because it sort of, of summarizes it beautiful. Show. You read it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just asking. You can go but, but she says, Prue Leith. Thank God for the outspoken, intelligent, well-informed Anthony Warner. Someone had to say it, brackets, the clean gut cult is tosh. And he does, forcefully, amusingly, and convincingly. This sounds like a good read. It's really good. And Mm. it's like, you know, it's not like quite permission to hate kale because there's nothing wrong with (laughs) kale. Because kale is part of, of, you know, kale in moderation and everything else. But I suppose it's, you know, he's really against the idea of superfoods, as I know Rosemary Stanton is as well. Uh, And this idea of of boxing food in that it's either clean and good or dirty and bad. Dirty and nasty. Let's just let ourselves box out a little bit. Nice. And um, <laughs> I think also these, these food absolutism, I don't know, we've just got to let it go a little bit. You know, I, I respect vegan eating, for example. I think it's so interesting what's being done in that space. But, and you know, how it's becoming more and more mainstream. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. It's more like not such a big deal. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, if you're vegan and then you go to a barbecue and have a sausage, it's like you've um, built this new wall around yourself where you're no longer a vegan. And I just think, you know, can't you just be? 
mostly vegan, and then have a sausage every now and again. You yeah, come on. It's all just relax. And I like this. It's almost like a manifesto of Danny Valanche. Coming I, in bullshit. It's not, yeah. It's no, not, no, it's okay. I'm developing the – I've got – it's just I just noticed it around these these feelings of feeling sad that not everyone's at the party. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So I that's agree. all that's all it's about. And it's not quite a manifesto, but it might develop into, well, it's into something. Well, it's nice you're a bit bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you wanted to mention we've got um, a couple minutes left. Um, you said you're going to be making matzo balls where again? So that's at the um, In One Voice Festival next Sunday. Yes. But on Saturday, I'm going to be at Melbourne Food and Wine Festival's Theatre of Ideas, which is their sort of gab fest where it's all some of the most interesting um, thinkers around community and sustainability Correct. in food yes. are going to be chatting and... And I think tickets for that are still available. I'd suggest you get in quick. Still around about 40 Yeah, there's good. It's, it's actually, it's not, it's, it's not bad. And it's a whole day. Yeah. There's two, um, two themed uh, discussions hosted by the ever-wonderful Jill Duplay. So I'm all about that. Whoa, royalty. Yes, I know. And uh, later in the month, I just want to mention something fun that I'm hosting, which is Thermo Bar. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, go so on. Some people, speaking of Some cults. people might know. Yeah, speaking of. <laughs> all right, come on, go on. Uh, Take so the ball. It's a it's a cocktail it's, it's party built around a, a, a um, an appliance. Yeah, built around an appliance that I'm a most worthy appliance that I'm a fan of. Yes, yeah, so we know. may or may not be called a thermomix, yeah. um, <laughs> but it's uh, at Turning Point in Ripponlea. It's a really cool new cafe that's open at night as well, and oh, nice, we're going nice to have place. thermo cocktails and thermo snacks. And I'm going to be there. It's going to be such a good party. I've got an awesome awesome goodie bag. So get onto my website, DannyValley.com. Get the thermo on. <laughs> And before we go, um, I asked you to do the Julie Andrews. We're talking seasonal produce. Is that because is, I'm not so good with movie references? Because you were saying your husband does movie reviews and you sort of turn off from it. No, don't say that about my great husband, Carl Quinn. But, oh, he sure um, does great work, but I'm yeah, just, you know. Yeah, he's just big on the movies and I'm just like, where are we eating afterwards? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so what I was saying, the Julie Andrews, of course, refers to The Sound of Music and yeah. one of the great songs from that was... Um, no, stop it. <clears throat> I won't do that. Um, but she talks about a few of her favourite things. And um, autumn. What's what, what are the now? things? What are you no, no, coming up or Yeah, well, just plums. Seeing? I want to say, you know, plums are not loved enough and they're good right now. The Love last stone fruit. You know, the last stone fruit that comes through at, it, at, the, at the end of summer, start of autumn. And oh, my goodness, just those deep purple colours, fresh, baked, preserved, yum. Compotes, get them ready for winter so that yeah. you can go on to the porridge and things like that. Oh, so good. Cinnamon. And star anise, they just love all those spices. Oh. And you want to you th- maybe one clove? Yeah, one clove. You always got to be careful. No, don't yeah. over clove. Don't over clove because you'll, <laughs> you'll, you won't like it. Uh, chestnuts roasting over an open fire, they must be shown the flame for them uh, to actually take on that that really great flavour, I think. Really? So well, we're not just allowed to put them in the oven? Well, okay, it's sort of like, okay, you talk to an Italian, right, and you talk about, say, you're doing like a baba ganoush, you know, an, an eggplant puree. And when we first started, we might have done it in the oven, and that yields us something. Then we moved on to maybe Stephanie was saying, no, darling, what you do is you put it on top of the flame so that it actually chars. And then you'll talk to Italian, and the finger will come out and go, no, what are you doing? No, the only way to do this is you make a wood fire and you do that. With chestnuts... They must, you must burn a little bit of the outside so that that flavour goes in. That you know what? You've, you've changed this winter for me because, yes, I'm there with the eggplants. I'm there with the capsicum over the flame. And now I'm also there with the chestnuts. So Can't wait. Well, that's, um, that's your homework for the next couple of months. Okay. I can see Matt in my peripheral vision. What are you saying, Matt? I think it's time to uh, leave. Pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Danny Valant, it's been a joy <laughs> to see you. Um, we look forward to the matzo ball um, class, which I think sounds great. And, of course, uh, the wonders of the, uh, the blender with a heater in it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, no, not there's anything wrong with that. No, what's wrong with a cocktail party? Come on. Yeah, you get booze. Uh, 12.50, we're going to have a, a uh, chat to uh, the man and his fermenting tank, Duncan Buchanan, after this. Danny, thank you. Pleasure. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Somebody got to sing. Somebody got to sing. Let's drink. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Mr. Burroughs speaks. Hmm. It's from the grave.
Uh, but we have someone speaking from the fermenter, Duncan Buchanan. Uh, what on earth is going on? Incorrect, Cam. Well, I'm, the in, no. I'm, in a, I'm in a vineyard. Oh, you're standing in bucolic splendour. Yeah, so I'm just wandering through, actually wandering through the vines that are picked from a prosimo stuff. As you're, well. you're wearing clothes, aren't you? You're not doing that naked again, are you? Yeah, cool. Oh, good. He's, well, he's geez, frolicking. If it's, worth doing, it's worth, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing naked, Cam. I've been talking Why not? nothing. <laughs> Why not? Here yeah. I go, frolicking. Um, so, how's it looking out there? Um, <laughs> it's good. It's actually Scratchy. looking really good. It's, uh, sorry, is the line okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just worried about the scratches from the vines on your <laughs> nether regions, but we probably shouldn't do that. It's too much of a disturbing no. mental image. <laughs> No, exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, it's actually looking really good, Cam. It's a bit more like 2016. I remember in 2016, I was in a bit of a frenzy because everything was ready all at the same time. Yeah, it was an extraordinary year um, because yeah, it was uh, it was hot. It was lots of uh, it was it was hot and it was wet. We could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but well, it's, it hasn't been that been dry as a chip this year. But everything, it's, all the grapes have conspired again. They all seem to be ready last week. Oh, sugar. So, so, yeah, exactly. So last week was the week we sort of, oh, about six or seven days straight of in at five, not out till 11 that night and just running all day long. Unlike, I mean, I don't know if you remember 2017, everything just came in in dreams of drabs. You end up just, I don't know, just fiddle-dicking around the winery, doing nothing at all, just waiting for fruit to come in. Yes. And um, But this year it's just an absolute frenzy of trying to get it in, which is, I don't know, it, you sort of, you get on the jazz, you just bang, you're away, and just all of a sudden it's a week later and you're like, wow, we did all that. Huh? Did you say get on the jazz? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what jazz do you refer to? Well, you just get it, you get in the swing of it. You know, oh, good. Okay, of, uh, the swing, swinging. Okay, good. No, just... You think you're talking narcotics, Cam? No, I, 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 look, I'm going to leave it because I could just get in trouble. Good Matt's idea. sort of cowering. He's holding his hands over his ears. Exactly. We've gone from nudity to narcotics. Let's yes, thank you. That, good. No, you've got my reference. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's been um, a, a, a lot of lost sleep. And is this... Um, Victoria wide, Duncan? Uh, yeah, there has been stuff been coming in all over Victoria. It seriously yeah. has. Um, and it's looking good, though. It's been an interesting one because there's quite, uh, compared with past years, there's quite a bit of fruit out there, and people have been a little bit panicky early on because there's this thing people reckon high crops don't produce good quality wines, which. Say, uh, say that again. High, high, they re- high crops, like really, really yes. high when you've got lots and lots of tons, but we measure it in tons per acre, right? Yeah. So if you've got really high tons per acre, some people, there's a belief that uh, it produces inferior quality wines. Oh, well, that's sort of pointed to me because that was sort of my introduction that I sort of said. That, that was the thing that I said. Uh, uh, quanti- I was going to say this season is quantity down, quality up. Is that a correlation uh, that bears truth, but maybe it doesn't? No, that, no, but that, it's quite the opposite. They're, well, no, it's not quite the opposite. I've got to watch, watch what I say here. There is a um, there is a bit of fruit out there, but the quality has been good. I just got off the blow from Dan Buckle up in um, he works for Domain Chandon, mm-hmm. and he was saying he's seen some fruit come in a little bit heavier, but the quality, the parameters of quality are still there. And I, so I've seen it myself with some of the, the the very vineyard that I'm standing in at the moment. I cropped this at about oh, two tons per acre last year, which is nice cropping. It's fair. Oh, maybe a bit under that, which is that's low. Two tons. But yep. And uh, but this year it was up a bit over three. Wow, and, that's a bit and, of a jump. Well, it's a fifty percent jump. But that's I look a, at yeah. the fruit. I look at the fruit in the fermenter, and those 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 fluctuations are regular. Can that will happen from season to season? But the the I look at that fruit in the fermenter now, and it looks very. The figures, the the analytical figures that I picked that fruit at are very similar to last year as well, and the fruit looks and tastes the same in the fermenter. So it's. A, if I had the if I had hmm. the ability, I would have picked half the block. I would have trimmed half the fruit off half the block, hmm. and picked them separately to, to run the trial to see whether there is any any credence in this. Um, because that's the best trial that you can run. You know, the exact same block, pick it all exactly the same time, but have, drop a lot of crop off one side, it, and just to see if that does impact on quality. It's what scientists would have called a control. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not that much of a squid. I really can't be asked with it, Cam. I've got too many other things to do. Yeah, you know, but okay, you're just going from what you said, and yeah, 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 yeah right. Uh, but okay, so uh, one is uh, that we look at uh, the quantity, and then of course the other sort of measurable that I know of that I can yes. actually sort of go. Yeah, I sort of know about this is bome, which is the amount yes. of sugar that's in the actual inherent within the grape as you harvest it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and uh, we've we've seen some um, we've seen some pretty impressive bomos come through because we've had uh, decent weather 
and these people people have had enough um people have had enough water to get them through mm. it's um it's uh we've been able to keep canopies healthy and that's the thing if you've got a decent enough canopy to to run the whole thing uh, you'll get you'll get your sugars and you'll get your flavors coming out of them this was the argument early on in the season a few people were saying, oh, we should drop crop because there's too much fruit on there. Mm. But I looked at all our canopies, and I'm like, no. No, I mean, dude, dude canopy, look at the canopy. Canopy speaks. Canopy, check out that canopy. Look um, at and I'm, I'm looking at it right now, tons of functioning leaves. Oh. And if you, oh. as we've said before, the um, the uh, the canopy is your engine, the fruit is the, the trailer that it's trying to tow. So if you've got a powerful enough canopy, it'll tow it nicely. And that's that's what's happened. Things It's a bit later than last year, but the, I think the quality is going to be really good. And people are happy. Because especially the growers, because they, man, they wear it year in, year out, the poor buggers. It's, it's, it's expensive to grow fruit. And this year, they're actually, they might make a little bit of money off selling their fruit because, you know, there's going to be enough crop on there to sell. So I'm, you know, the viticulturist in me goes, yay, good-sized crops, and they're of good quality. And yeah, and then the winemaker in me goes, yay, we've got good quality fruit in the winery. So it's, and, you know, and we it's all win-win. say, hooray for canopy. Can you just do that again? Because that was awesome, and Matt had his pen poised, but he didn't quite write it. So what was that again? The canopy is the... The canopy is your engine. Yes. A while and, the, the, and, the, the f- and the fruit is the trailer that you got on the back of the car. Oh, so if you've got a really... If you, if, you know, if you've got a, a canopy that matches that can happily tow the trailer around... Duncan Buchanan, stunning metaphor, <laughs> stunning wine metaphor of the uh, of you. the season. So my, um, wife laughed at, my wife laughed at me the other day for my metaphor. She goes, "God, you just live in analogies, don't you?" And every time I open my mouth, she goes, "Another analogy." I'm like, Coming, yeah. huh, huh, huh? <laughs> no, that's, um, I, I think it was a thing of great beauty. So, um, when does all the fermenting finish? How long is everything going to be bubbling around for? Oh, we've got a, a pretty steady month ahead of us. We'll, we'll right. have everything in. Most of our stuff will be picked by mid next week, which is good. That's always mm. happy to have it have it back in the ferment in the in the winery. Then let it rain. Jeez, let, please yeah, let, let it rain. It it's been rain. so dry. Maybe maybe and, East, uh, maybe we'll get the Easter rains. You know, they, remember Easter used to be sort of about rain. It used to be the most boring time to be around, other than if you were you know religious and was doing all that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, you know. well, it used to be about Easter eggs, camp. I'm yeah. 48 now. Oh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Don't have to sleep too far, humbug. <laughs> uh, Duncan, uh, we yeah. might check in with you in the next couple of weeks, and um, actually maybe we'll see if we can drag you in with a few tank samples so that we can try it out. Yeah, that'd be more fun than a bar, oh, and it'd be... Suitcase full of sunshine, Ken. Suitcase full of sunshine. There it is. Write that down, Matt. Uh, Duncan Buchanan, <laughs> always a pleasure. Now, go put some yeah, clothes on. Yeah, good on, on. you guys. Lovely chatting. Uh, you're I, scaring I, the horses. Whatever. I'll chat to you later. See you, mate. <laughs> uh, Duncan Buchanan, scaring the horses uh, in a vineyard near you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Coming up. Sunday lunch coming up next. So Anna Strempel's in the chair this month. Uh, the theme for the month is thinking globally, acting locally, and today talking about homelessness. Yes, and of course, uh, that will be worth listening to. Of course, yes. coming up after that, JVG. Yes. What else is happening? Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I forget the name of the show after that. Well, it's all good stuff, and um, yeah, look, why would you go anywhere else? Why would you? Thank you for joining us for the afternoon. We look forward to seeing you next week. Strange yes. holiday. I just <laughs> well that. done. My brain's kicked in. Strange holiday is actually it's one of my favourite show. shows. I would agree. All right, anyway, we're getting to get out of here, because it's past one o'clock, and uh, it's time to go. Thank you so much for having a listen, and uh, I hope it was a good thing to mm. just talk about sugars. Yes. And there'll be some information on the web regarding that, because Matt's great at doing that. Mm. We're out of here now. Goodbye. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.